So good to be here on this beautiful Lord's Day. We have the opportunity again to come together and to worship Him and, and to give Him the praises and to give Him the glory that He so deserves. Morning, I want to do something a little different. The song we just sang there, To God Be the Glory, I want to use that song as, as a way to, to present this lesson. Because in that song there are some, some wonderful sentiments that we see. And the whole idea of the, the overarching theme of the song there is, of course, to God be the glory. God is worthy of our praise. He is worthy of our adoration. He is worthy of our love. And He is worthy of that simply because of who He is. He is our Creator. He is our sustainer. In him we have the hope of eternal life. In him all the things that we know and see and do and think are an expression of him in one way or the other. And that is to say that as his children we reflect him. And we need to make sure that we are doing that in such a way to give him the glory. And let us never lose sight of the fact that He is our God and our Father. So this morning I want to talk about, for a few moments, the idea about the glory that is in God. And so we're going to use that song, if you want to kind of have that um, handy. But I'm going to have the notes here on the screen as well. But I want to use some of the, the words there to, to guide us through this lesson. So we start with, of course, the title of the song, To God Be the Glory. Let's place the glory in the proper place where it needs to be, to God. Not to men, not to women, not to preachers, not to elders, not to anybody, but to God. And why? Well, one reason is that he has done great things. Great things he has done. And as I mentioned, the, the, what comes to mind is what, what we should think about first is that he is the creator of all things. In Genesis 1 and verse 1, so a verse that sometimes we often take for granted, but it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. What better way to start a book about God than to start by saying he created all this? He created all that we know. When it says that he created the heavens and the earth, there's nothing left out. The expression that, uh, of the idea of the heavens and the earth, it's the earth in which we, we live and everything beyond. And so when we talk about a powerful God and we talk about uh, giving him glory, let's start right there by understanding that he is our creator. In Hebrews 1 and verse 3, it talks about he is, not only has he, has he created all things, but he upholds them. He, he maintains them by the power of, or by the word of his power. So not only is it a, 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 a beginning and a creation of things, but it's a sustainer of things. And if you think about that, let's, we often say that God set in the motion these physical things which take place on the earth, and that's true. But don't ever lose sight of the fact that he's in control of those things. That he holds everything within his hand. And he has the power to do what he chooses to do because he is all-powerful. And he is sovereign. 
and he is the king. I want to talk for a moment here about the fact that because he is the creator of all things and, and he upholds the things by the word of his power, that what we do and, and the things around us reflect that. Go with me to Psalm 19. As we know, the Psalms are, are, are filled with praise, especially when, like this one, as David speaks so eloquently of the praise that he has for his God, for his Father, that is our God and our Father. And we read things like Psalm 19, and we see how the, the things of the earth reflect the power of God. In verse 1 of Psalm 19, it says, The heavens are telling the glory of God, and their expanse is declaring the work of His hands. Day to day pours forth speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. There is no speech, nor are there words. Their voice is not heard. Their line has gone out through all the earth, and their utterances to the end of the world, and then has placed a tent for the sun which is a bridegroom coming out of his chamber. It rejoices as a strong man to run its course. Its rising is from one end of the heavens and its circuit on the other end of them. And there is nothing hidden from its heat. The things, as I mentioned, that God set in order, those things bring glory to God. The very fact that the sun rises in the morning and sets in the evening, that's there because God made it that way. Yes, the processes are there and, and we know now... <laughs> that it does that because the earth is, is, is rotating, right? There's a long time that people thought that the, the sun went around the, the earth, but as we, our knowledge increased, we understood that the rising and the setting of the sun was because of the earth actually spinning on an axis. But God set that in motion. God is the reason for that. God is the reason why the sun seems to track through the sky that, in that way. And so his creation reflects the power of him in his original creation. And also, the, the way he deals with his people is through the laws. The law of Moses, the law of Christ. Before that, before the law of Moses, the, how he spoke to the patriarchs. He reflects his power in the things that he says and the things that he tells us. Look at verse 7 of Psalm 19. It says, The law of the Lord is perfect, restoring the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true. They are righteous altogether. They are more desirable than gold, yes, than much fine gold, sweeter than honey and the drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them thy servant is warned, and keeping them there is great reward. Who can discern his arrows? Acquit me of hidden faults. Also, keep back thy servant from presumptuous sins. Let, not rule, let them not rule over me. Then I shall be blameless, and I shall be acquitted of great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. You see how even the laws of God reflect his power. And we ought to be... Um, uh, remembering them and, and, and conscious of them all the time and treat them as David as, as says here, how they're perfect in restoring the soul, how they are sweeter than honey and finer than much fine gold. 
In the song, it talks about how he so loved the world. How much did he love the world? So much so that he gave us his son. Now, we lose sight of that sometimes, again, in thinking about the things that God has done. But we have passages like Galatians 4, verses 4 and 5. It says that when the fullness of time came, God sent, sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, that he might redeem those who were under the law and might receive the adoption as sons. What a wonderful sentiment that is to think about. That God, in the, when the fullness of time had come, he sent his own son. He sent his own son to the world to what? To redeem us from our sins. And so that we could become in that relationship with him as a father and a son. As a father and a daughter. What a wonderful relationship that is. But it all came at his time on his timetable, when the fullness of time had come. And we think about all the things that coalesced in, in the birth of Jesus and the time that he spent on earth. None of that is happenstance. None of that is just a matter of, of things playing out. It was all according to God's plan. And what did Jesus do for us? In the song it says that he yielded his life. He, God gave us his son, and what did his son do as, as, as a matter of, uh, of his time and a matter of his mission on earth was he yielded his life. Look in John chapter 10. John 10. The wording here is, is accurate in the songwriter's view of this. Because it wasn't, it wasn't that... Man took Jesus' life from him. It's that Jesus yielded his life. In John 10, verses 17 and 18, Jesus says, For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life, that I may take it again. No one has taken it away from me, but I lay it down on my own initiative. I have the authority to lay it down. I have the authority to take it up again. This commandment I received from my Father. So when the songwriter writes there that he yielded his life, his, that's accurate. No one took Jesus' life from him. He gave it. It was his to lay down. It was his to take up. And all this is because of the power of God and because he loved us and so loved the world. One thing we also lose sight of is the idea that this was no small thing thing of Jesus laying down his life. In Philippians 2, Paul talks about how Jesus emptied himself and left heaven and came to earth in the form of a bondservant. And there he was put to death so that we might have the opportunity of salvation. We might have the hope of heaven. No small thing. No small thing at all. In the song, it talks about because he gave us his son and because he yielded his life, that has opened the life gate. And the song says, so that all may go in. Look in Revelation 22. The, the imagery here about opening the gate and so that all may go in. In Revelation 22, in verse 12, 
Jesus speaking here, he says, Behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me, to render to every man according to what he has done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes, that they might have the right to the tree of life, and may enter by the gates into the city. There's lots in those few little verses. Jesus says, I am coming quickly, and my reward is coming, to, coming with me. And he says there, to render to man every, um, to render to every man according to what he has done. One moment. I am the Alpha and the Omega. I am the first and the last, the beginning and the end. So the idea here of, of Jesus is the idea that he is all these things and has been from the beginning. We talked about Jesus, uh, or God creating the world. Genesis 1 and verse 1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. You know who was with God at that time? Jesus, along with the Holy Spirit. So when Jesus says here in Revelation 22, verse 12 and 13, that I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end, he has always been and always will be. And because of that, and the relationship that he has with God the Father, emptying himself from and leaving heaven to come to earth, that he has fulfilled the mission of redeeming man from his sins. And God has set all that up. Why? Because he so loved the world. Because he so loved the world. So as a result of that, we have in the song with the chorus, Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let the earth hear his voice. We need to give God the glory he deserves, don't we? I don't think it's any um, mistake that the songwriter repeats that. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I think we fall short in this, and I, I will be the first to tell you that I do. I fall short in giving God the praise and honor and glory he, does, he so deserves. Because I can do that all day long and still fall short. God deserves our praise. He deserves the glory that needs to be ascribed to him. The songwriter says there, Let the earth hear his voice. Look with me in Luke chapter 2. I'm trying to think about how the earth hears the, the voice of the Lord. It, it, it was hard to narrow down what example I, I wanted to, to use, but I, I kind of kept coming back to the idea of the expression of, of God saving man from his sins. And that is the expression... Uh, that expression is, is realized in Jesus Christ. So when we want to praise God for the ability to be forgiven of our sins, we need to understand that that comes through Jesus Christ. No other way. And so in Luke chapter 2, as Luke is, is recording the birth of our Lord and, and the, the circumstances that, that are surrounding that, in, in verse 8 of Luke chapter 2, it says, In the same region there were some shepherds staying out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. And the angel said to them, 
Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of a great joy, which shall be for all the people. For today in the city of David there has been born to you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you, you will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. So when we think about the earth hearing the voice of the Lord, I came to this and, and thought about those angels proclaiming the birth of our Lord. Let the earth hear that. Let the earth hear that God has come to the earth in the form of a man and will be here to, to live as an example and to teach his own words and to be put on a cross to die for our sins. And on the third day, he's going to be resurrected and ascend back into heaven. Let the earth hear that. Let everyone from now on hear that message. That that's what God has done for us. He sent his son. He has died for our sins. And that came because God so loved us. He was willing to do that for us. And Jesus was as well. Let the earth hear that. And as a result, let the people rejoice. We have in this, in this picture of the things that are going on after the pronouncement has been made about the child and, and he's there and he's, you're going to find him lying in a manger. And listen to the rejoicing that goes on in this, uh, this instance. Verse 13 of Luke 2 says, And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. Let the earth rejoice. God has sent his son. You can go see him. He's lying in a manger. Let the earth rejoice in that. Because God has brought salvation to the world through his son. The songwriter goes on to say, come to the father. Come to the father. Look with me in Acts chapter 17. You know I had to get there eventually. Acts chapter 17, verse 30. It says, Therefore, having overlooked the times of ignorance, God is now declaring to men uh, that all everywhere should repent. Come to the Father. Having overlooked the times of ignorance, the, Paul is saying here, those times are of past, they're gone. God is overlooking that time, but now is the time to come to him. And the songwriter says, through Jesus the Son. Look at verse 31 there in Acts 17. It says, because he has fixed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness. How? Through a man who he has appointed, having furnished proof to all men by raising him from the dead. Come to the Father. God has overlooked those times of ignorance and now he's calling for all men everywhere to repent and to come to him. How? Through Jesus the Son. How has he done that? He's appointed this man, Jesus, his son. He's accomplished the will of God. And if we want to come to the Father, then we have to go through Jesus to get to him. That's the expression of God's salvation. The fullness of time. That's when God sent his son to accomplish the mission of redeeming man from his sins. 
I want to leave you with Psalm 29. Another Psalm of David. Another Psalm of giving the glory to God. He says, Ascribe to the Lord, O sons of the mighty. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory. Do His name. Worship the Lord in holy array. The voice of the Lord is upon the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord is over many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is majestic. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. Yes, the Lord breaks in pieces the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon skip like a calf and Syrian like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord hews out flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord makes the deer to calve and strips the forest bare. And in his temple, everything says glory. The Lord sat as king at the flood. Yes, the Lord sits as king forever. The Lord will give strength to his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. Peace on earth. That was the message, right? That the angels were proclaiming peace on earth and goodwill to men with whom he is pleased. God's expression of his redemption of man is through Jesus Christ. That's the glory of God. He's creator of all things. He's sustainer of all things. He so loved us that he sent his son. And we can have redemption of sins. To God be the glory. What a powerful message it is. The entirety of this book expresses the glory of God. The entirety of the life of a, a child of God ought to bring glory to God. We ought to be doing those things that bring glory to Him. We ought to be taking the time out of our day to give Him the glory. To God be the glory. As we close in a moment, open your songbooks back to number 44. I want to sing To God Be the Glory again. And I want to sing it, I hope with, that we'll sing it in, in, in the light of this lesson that we just heard. And giving Him the glory. And giving Him uh, the, the, the fruit of our lips. The, the spiritual service that we are to give to Him. The living sacrifice that we are to be to Him. That's how we show God the glory now. So as we sing this song again, let's take to heart the things that we just heard and take to heart the idea of giving glory to God because he so deserves it. <laughs>